Good morning. The grace of the love of God, the grace of Jesus Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit, I welcome you to our worship service. And if you're joining us online, welcome. We are gathered here for worship, and today as we do so, these beautiful flowers here at the chancel are uh, provided by Hannah and Alan Goodman in, rem in, in memory and in remembrance of their uh, deceased spouses. And so, Hannah and Alan, thank you. Thank you for these flowers. I want to encourage and invite everyone to um, continue uh, giving your gifts, tithes, and offerings at the designated baskets. You can do so here in person through our church's website, villagechurch.org, our church's app, or through regular postal mail. We are here to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, and so please join me now in the call to worship through the sacred words of Psalm 105. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name. Sing to him, sing praises to him. Glory in his holy name. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Friends, let us worship the living God. not alone when we sin. We do it not only individually, but as a body of believers, we also sin. We are also not alone even in our sin because God is a gracious God, is always ready to forgive us and to restore to us the right relationship with Jesus at the center of our lives. Will you please join me as together we pray the prayer of confession. Have mercy on us, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out our transgressions, wash us thoroughly from our iniquity, and cleanse us from our sin. For we know our transgressions, and our sin is ever before us. Against you, you alone, have we sinned, and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, we were born guilty, a sinner when our mother conceived us. You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach us wisdom in our secret heart. Purge us with hyssop, and we shall be clean. Wash us, and we shall be whiter than snow. Let us hear joy and gladness, let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. 
hide your face from our sins and blot out all our iniquities. Amen. Will you please now join me in the words of assurance? For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of work, so that no one may boast. Now may the peace of Christ be with you. As you leave and wherever you are, share that peace today. Amen. Peace of Christ be to everyone. And of course, when we exit out at the end of this worship service, when, you're, when we're all outside, we could do all the hugs and all of the um, fist bumps and all of that uh, good stuff. And so it's, it's, uh, it's good to be with everyone here and really enjoy the choir again. Uh, blessed by the presence of the choir, or part of the choir, right? Not the whole choir, but <laughs> blessed nevertheless. want to highlight just a few of the news and notes that Pastor Jack had sent out uh, earlier this week, and uh, please uh, be sure to read that email that he sends out. It takes a lot of hours to put that together, but there's a lot of things uh, going on, even in this time of COVID-19, a lot of uh, things going on in the life of our church. Of course, the Bible studies are in full swing. If you're, if you're not already plugged into a Bible study, um, Almost every day of the week, there is a Bible study. We care about studying God's Word. Of course, after uh, the first service, so concurrent to this uh, worship service, there is a Bible study group meeting the Fellowship Center as they study the uh, book of Hebrews. Then Monday nights, the book of Psalms is studied. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we pastors um, are studying with you the gospel according to Luke. Of course, Tuesday morning at uh, the La Costa Glen community in Carlsbad. Wednesday morning with the women's Bible study here in the sanctuary, and then Thursday morning with the men's Bible study at the Loma Santa Fe Country Club. And so plug into any of these groups. It's a wonderful way to connect with members of the church. Our Homeless Veterans Initiative uh, is, uh, has been continuing. This is a project that we have been engaged with in partnership with several churches and the Interfaith Community Service. Uh, there's a mission table outside, and uh, please visit that table to learn more of how you can engage in that uh, ministry and to support it. They are receiving um, checks, and if you would like to uh, support this through uh, credit card giving, you can do that through our church's website, villagechurch.org, or through our church's app. Sunday, the 3rd of October, the Red Cross will be here, the Red Cross Bloodmobile, and so uh, prepare your veins to, uh, to give blood, to donate blood, and to help to replenish local blood supplies, and our a more house building. Um, we do this about two or three times a year to build houses in Mexico. See Patrick Singer or Pastor Jan to learn more about this. This will be Saturday, the 16th of, of October. One of our mission partners that we are so blessed to support uh, is Plant with Purpose. And we have here Doug Satry, who's the Senior Director of Strategic Partnership, to share more about Plant with Purpose. Doug? Thank you, Neil. Good morning, everyone. It is great to be here with you all. It's been a long time through this COVID uh, season, but we continue to be deeply blessed by your partnership with us at Plant With Purpose as a mission partner. We are a ministry that focuses on working with subsistence farmers and empowering them to work their way out of poverty, uh, heal their land, and grow in faith in Christ. And very, very grateful for your partnership with us. It's been a strange year in many ways, as we've all experienced, and we certainly, as we started into this COVID season, were, were deeply anxious about and kind of prepared for the worst in some ways, and we are so grateful to God that um, the reverse has been true. We have been able to expand our ministry uh, to now reach uh, 54,000 families in eight countries around the world, and we're growing and we just see God's provision for us and we want to do more. And it's, it's really um, an exciting time for us. So we're, we're humbled and grateful to be um, in partnership with you all. And I wanted to also invite you, we have a gala coming up. Uh, last year it was all virtual. This year it's going to be kind of a hybrid on October 9th at Cape Ray. And would love to tell you more about it. It's going to be all outside in person and you can also uh, be online for that. So that's October 9th, 
and we would love to have you join us so we can thank you and so you can just hear what God is doing as we look forward to the future. So uh, please see me or Pastor Jan if you'd like more information about that, and we look forward to continuing to partner with you. Thank you. Because we know Jesus is with us in this very room, we can come together as a community and give to the Lord our prayers, those things that are on our heart. I will lead us in a pastoral prayer and then invite you, wherever you are, to join me in the Lord's Prayer. Let us now come before the Lord our God. Almighty Heavenly Father, thank you that you hear our prayers and listen to the thoughts of our hearts as we lay before you our hopes and fears, our joys and sorrows. Creator God, we pray that our world leaders would have a passion for justice and truth, honesty and transparency. Guide us in faith, Holy Spirit, and help us not to despair of our world's struggles, injustices, hurts, neglect, or turmoil. We pray for places where there is conflict, where peace seems so far away and so many have lost everything. 
Lord Jesus, we pray for your church throughout the world and all who identify themselves as Christians, that they may live in unity and strength. We thank you this morning for Plant with Purpose and the global impact they have in bringing the good news of the gospel through restoration, spiritual awareness, and growth through economic stability. Guide us all in what we do to serve you, our God, so that the people see in our faces, in our hands and feet, the presence of you, Lord and Savior. Gracious God, we pray for our city and communities in this county. Help us always to put you first, our neighbors second, and ourselves last of all. Help us to be enthusiastic to do your will and to live your lives genuinely trying to be your servants to all in this place, just as our Lord commanded and demonstrated to us. Loving God, we pray for all who need healing. We lift up June Ash in hospital and pray full restoration for her. Be with those having upcoming surgeries. Guide the surgeon's hand. Sustain and heal those recovering from COVID. We lift up Angelica, who works with us here at church, and pray that you continue to bless her, Lord, as she continues to heal now at home. Heal the babies who are sick and raise up the brokenhearted with hope and peace. Comfort those who mourn, Lord God. We pray for all who are remembering the loved ones. Faithful God, as we listen to your word, read and proclaimed, be with our brother Neil and let the joy that you bring through his preaching fill us with hope, hope everlasting. We pray in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends and sisters and brothers in Christ, as we prepare to hear God's word read and proclaimed, please join me in prayer. 
Gracious and loving God, indeed create in us a clean heart, O God, and restore a generous, willing spirit in each of us. As we prepare to hear your word read and proclaimed, might the words of my mouth and meditations and thoughts of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. For it is in Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Let us honor and reverence the reading of God's word. I invite those of you here in the sanctuary to please stand as you are able. Let us hear and receive God's word first through Psalm 51, beginning with the 10th verse. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from bloodshed, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your deliverance. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. For you have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite spirit, O God, you will not despise. The final reading is in the Gospel according to John. I am the vine, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is the word of God for the people of God, holy wisdom, holy words, and everyone says, thanks be to God. Please be seated. One of the pet peeves that my sons have, and I join them on occasion in this, are those people who are just always, always so positive, always smiling, always, in every occasion. And that's why our boys never went to birthday parties, nor did they have birthday parties that had clowns, (laughs) nor have they really gone to the circus maybe once or twice. In fact, in the town that we used to live and serve before we were called here to California, there was a mom in in our neighborhood, a woman in our neighborhood, who was always, without hyperbole, always happy, always smiling, even when the occasion called for grief or sadness or what have you, always smiling and always. Some of you may have read or, or heard this past week, the Wall Street Journal had that, had that main story about, Uh, and investigative reporting about Facebook and Instagram. Internal documents that revealed Facebook and Instagram's own researchers who confessed and and affirmed that the Instagram platform and social media platforms are toxic, are toxic for young people. And the study looked at those who were age 22 and, and younger. That they sought to push content, push images for young adults and for adults, frankly, all age groups, that one click or one view, they wanted to keep us addicted, if you will. And for those young people, teenagers and and young adults who already had some negative image of their bodies or low self-esteem, 
Their research found that 32% of girls felt worse about themselves by constant viewing of images, positive images of, of smiley people, bright people, sunshine, blue skies. Photos are that way. Photos only give glimpses of our lives. Photos only give glimpses of people. Photos don't tell the full story of life before the photo, life after the photo, life in between the photos. I'm sure that you can share with me the, your own family vacations, just as ours, how much it takes for that quick photo, even a selfie or an, or an ussy, to snap the photo, to gather the kids, to gather the family members, smile, smile, even just for a few seconds. One more photo, just smile. Because photos don't tell the whole story. They don't tell about the grumbling. They don't tell about the crankiness. They don't tell about sometimes the sadness or the anger. Our lives, our lives, yours and mine, and the world around us, are inundated, are inundated with life's challenges. As I stand here, my hair fixed, with my robe, my suit underneath, you wouldn't think and you wouldn't know that seven days ago, as Pastor Jack shared with you, I lost my paternal grandfather. This has been a very difficult week, but work and life continues. And just yesterday, our, our family lost an aunt, my aunt, who lives in Miami, terminally ill with cancer, just yesterday. Your own prayer lists, I'm sure, are as lengthy as mine. And that's why we need joy. We need to rediscover joy. Joy is that way. It lives in the everyday. It lives in the midst of life happening. But joy is not our own. The Lord restores joy for he is our joy, joy that is not necessarily always about being smiley and positive, though it could be that on occasion, but joy grounded, grounded in a deep awareness of God's love that offers thanksgiving in the midst of life happening. The two texts today from Psalm 51 and the Gospel according to John really drives home the point. Psalm 51, a, the Psalm of David, a Psalm of David. This is a Psalm that King David honestly, prayerfully grapples with as he's confronted with the prophet Nathan. The prophet Nathan approaches him, man of God, and tells him, counsels him, exhorts him that after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba and Bathsheba's husband, as we know, Uriah going off, going off to battle, so Bathsheba and David coming together, Nathan confronts him. The Holy Spirit does a divine intervention in King David's life. And the truth and reality of his sin, of his transgression, of his iniquity, of his brokenness is brought into the heart and mind of David. And so David is led by the Spirit to write this Psalm 51, which we began this worship service in confession and then in this reading. And he says this, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. This is not about his salvation or God's love for him in question. That's not what it is. He's seeking and praying and pleading to the Lord, Restore to me the experience of the joy that accompanies your salvation. For he knew that joy. But because of all of the overwhelming confrontation of God's truth in his heart and mind, he can't help but come before the living God to pray and plead, restore to me that joy, your joy. And he says, sustain in me a willing, or in other translations, a generous spirit. For we know that in our human hearts, that when we are, when we are burdened and confronted with sin and brokenness and with the challenges of, of life, frankly, we are not as generous as we ought to be. And so he pleads with God, grant to me, sustain me, so that I may have that willing spirit, a broken and contrite heart, he finds. God will not despise. In fact, that's what God desires. That's a sacrifice that is acceptable to God. 
And David adds a second petition or a third petition. Lord, deliver me. Lord, save me. Lord, help me so that I may tell others, so that I may tell others of how you have saved me, so, my, so that I may tell others of how you delivered me and us and how you love me, so that others may be drawn to you and likewise offer their broken and contrite spirit. David knows, as we well do, the consequences and results of the opposite. If the Lord doesn't save, if the door... If the Lord doesn't deliver us, we're in trouble. If the Lord doesn't restore to us the joy of, our, of his salvation, we're in trouble. Living joyless lives, lackluster lives, we'll be in trouble. And so that's why he prays, Lord, may the words of my mouth, meditations and thoughts of our hearts be acceptable to you. And we fast forward now millennia or two later, or centuries later, that is, to the gospel according to John, where the Lord Jesus, using familiar farming images, he is the true vine and we are the branches. That word true is an intentional word that he uses there because the Lord knows our hearts. Jesus knows our hearts more than we do because we often will cling to false vines, not the true vine, but the false vines. He says he's the true vine because only in him, when we abide in him and he in us, will we find our nourishment, our hearts and souls being nourished and strengthened. He says apart from him, we can do nothing. That is that what we do or what we try to do will lack meaning, will lack significance, will lack joy. He's the true vine, we are the branches, that is, that we are reliant upon him, whether we like it or not, whether we are aware of it or not. We are needing, therefore, restoration of joy. Every single day, restoration of joy, so that our joy, yours and mine, would be complete, to abide with God, or God abiding with us. So so while God's call through Scripture is clear, to have a broken and contrite heart, to abide with Jesus Christ in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, we don't. We don't often and consistently abide with Jesus Christ. That's why we confess today, our prayer of confession. That's why hopefully we confess every single day because we don't abide consistently or willingly. We cry out with David. We could join our prayers with David whether we say it with our lips or whether we say it in our hearts or whether our struggles demonstrate it, Lord, restore to us the joy of your salvation. I'm a broken person. I'm confronted with so many of life's challenges, the world's challenges, it's overwhelming. Your love is eclipsed by all of those. I need your sustaining spirit to sustain my spirit. C.S. Lewis, in his spiritual memoir, aptly titled, Surprised by Joy, describes joy as, quote, an inconsolable pang. It pangs. It knocks. He elsewhere describes joy as a signpost. It's pointing. He says, all joy reminds. It is never a possession always a desire for something longer ago or further away or still about to be. In other words, joy is not something that we can grasp. It's not something that we develop a strategic plan to acquire. Joy is a gift. He says, C.S. Lewis says, all the value lay in that of which joy was the desiring In an interview, C.S. Lewis said, joy is never in our power, power. pleasure is. Joy is never in our power, pleasure is. And so we ask the question with him, what then is our desire? For if pleasure is in our power, we have the power to pursue that which pleases us, what then do we desire? Tim Keller, in his book, Counterfeit Gods, 
defines idols as this. It is anything more important to you than God, anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God, anything you seek to give you what only God can give. That's why C.S. Lewis, speaking to both Christian and non-Christian, he knows all of our hearts, the Lord does, and C.S. Lewis thinking after the Lord. Our hearts don't often desire after the Lord's own heart, who is our joy. And that's why we need the gospel as the antidote for our heart every single day. God is our joy. He restores who we are and what we are about. The cross. The cross takes up our misdirected human desires and crucifies it so that those desires are put to death. That's why the cross, the cross beam and the vertical beam is like a signpost. It points upward and outward. The cross crucifies those desires that misdirects us from our Savior every single day to say that those are put to death. They shall not have a stranglehold on you anymore. They shall not prevail over us anymore. And therefore, we have the freedom to say no to anything and to anyone that would seek to contradict, contravene, or frustrate God's joy and love for us. Empowered by the Spirit, inspired by the teachings of Jesus Christ, we can say no and we can say yes. Yes to the Lord. Yes to God's joy and the God of joy. Because God in Jesus Christ through the Spirit said yes to us. Yes, I will love you. Yes, I will be for you. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will deliver you. Yes, you are mine and I am yours. Jesus is the vine who abides with us, who died on a tree, whose joy, listen, Jesus' joy was to live in the love of the Father. That was his sole desire. Every part of his ministry, from every waking moment to every sleeping moment, his sole desire was to do the Father's will. That's why he says that I am in my Father's love. I abide in him as he abides in me. His sole desire was to live in the joy of the Father. To abide is to remain. Now, in our faith context, abiding or remaining is not just hanging out. Jesus hangs out with us. Although Jesus does hang out with us. But when Jesus uses the term abide, I abide in you and you abide in me, or you ought to, and I abide in the Father and the Father abides in me, it's not just hanging out. It's not just remaining, in fact. It is being in communion. It is being united. It is being so knit and tied to Jesus in his life, in his love, that it is invincible. It is impenetrable. And, that, and that's why the Apostle Paul can say in Romans chapter 8, there is no one and nothing, neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's literally true. In his dying, we are joined. We are tied to his death. And in his rising from the grave, we are tied to his new life, to the newness of life. This is what theologians have long ago called the mortification and vivification. Wow, take that to the, take that to the bank. After all that, cations, we'll need a vacation after that. To be mortified and to be vivified, to die with Christ, with all of the false desires and all of those things that misdirect us from our Savior, and then to be vivified, to be renewed with life, not just everlasting life, but life now with joy. Die to self, die with Christ, rise with Christ, live with Christ. And so now what is the fruits? What, what is the fruits of when the, when the gospel and the joy of God's salvation takes root in our lives? Let me share very briefly. 
Later this fall, as um, several of you have asked me to do a presentation on the Camino de Santiago pilgrimage that my eldest son and I took just a couple months ago, I'll do a more detailed one with all of the photos. I have 800 photos. I'll only share about 30 when that presentation comes. I promise. And I promise as well, I've made a commitment to my family and to several of you, I, I will not have every single sentence of what I share in these months be subject verb Camino de Santiago, right? Because that tends to be what happens when we're up from a mountaintop experience. We want to share everything. But I will share a little bit just now. Many of you know, if not all of you know, that we did hike this uh, pilgrimage, uh, sacred pilgrimage uh, known for centuries, right? Christians that go from, um, in this case, there are seven routes, and one of them that we did, the longest one, 460 miles across Spain, over 26 days. And we began day one at the foot of the Pyrenees, the Pyrenees Mountains, and we stayed at a hostel. Most of our accommodations were with uh, bunk beds. And Eric Viot, who was the owner of the hostel, Le Chimon Vers la Etoile, I hope I got that French right. It was aptly titled, or aptly called, this, this, this albergue, this hostel. The Path to the Star is the name of this French hostel. The Path to the Star. And Eric Viot told us three things. With all of his experience, with all the pilgrims, over the years, he said one, pride has no place on the Camino and on the Camino of life. Because all of us are equal. We're all smelly, we're all sweaty, we're all dirty. So whether you have a lot of money or no money, whether you are famous or unknown, pride does not belong on the Camino de Santiago nor on the Camino of life, he said. Number two, he said, don't rush things. And number three, he said, the Camino will provide for you when you need it at the right time. Our eldest son began the Camino with wondering what college will be. He's excited, but fear of the unknown. I went on the Camino to rediscover joy. And what the sense of the Lord's calling was for me, not only as a pastor, as a professor, as a husband and a father, but frankly, as a human being. So it was a discovery for both of us, a pilgrimage for both of us, a shared journey, but also separate journeys. What he and I discovered by day 26 is that the struggles and challenges of life, they don't go away. But joy remains, not because of what we've done, but because of the Lord who is our joy, is the one who accompanies us on life's journey and who pursues us with his radical love. I've said it before, and this will be the basis of, of my book that will come out next year, joy and gratitude are twin siblings with love as their parent. I won't go Greek on you today. If you want to uh, ask about the etymology of joy, ask me after the worship service or in the patio. But what I can say is that joy shares the same word root as grace and gratitude. The lessons from the Camino, the path to the star, are true. And it was impressed upon us every day. We, you and I, daily discover the Lord of joy, and therefore the joy of the Lord, when we are aware of scripture, prayer, meditation and reflection on his word, pausing to consider who God is and who we are, detecting the presence and power of God in the everyday, even in the midst of struggle and grief, and therefore give thanks, because the Lord of joy is with us, to participate in God's mission in the world, for God's heart pulsates that the world would be reconciled, that the broken would be made whole, that the hungry would be fed, that the naked would be clothed, 
that the houseless would be housed, that those who are in pain will be comforted, that those who are experiencing unjust actions will hear voices of solidarity and advocacy, protecting those who are experiencing violence. In other words, to be a fellow pilgrim to those who are fellow pilgrims on life's journey. This past week, I walked from our home about three miles to meet one of our church members for some coffee at our local Starbucks. I had one of those Apple iPods, AirPods, EarPods, AirPods? EarPods, thank you, EarPods. And those of you who have those Apple EarPods, there's two settings. One setting is that you could block out the noise and just focus on the Spotify list. The other setting is you can listen to the Spotify playlist while hearing the noise. And that's the one that I did because I wanted to be sure that if there was a bicyclist or someone coming, I don't want to stand in their way. That's what living in joy is and, redis and rediscovering it and re being restored in it every day. To be so focused on the joy of the Lord and the love of God, while at the same time, the noise that surrounds. So that we don't get lost in ourselves with self-pity and self-absorption, or that we don't get lost in the world and fall in despair. But we live with both. For God's Son, Jesus Christ, lived in the very presence of his Father's love, while with his friends and with us. Let us pray. Lord, you are our joy. You are our love. You are our peace. We thank you for your son, Jesus, who gave his life for the life of the world and who rose that we would rise with him in newness of life. Restore to us the joy of your salvation and grant to us a generous and willing spirit all the days of our life. For we pray these things in his name. Amen. Let us affirm our faith and our joy by joining together in stating the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Please stand as you are able for the uh, benediction and charge. Indeed, let us go forth rejoicing in the Lord and the Lord who enjoys us and delights in us as his children, as his disciples. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly more beyond we can ever ask, think, or imagine, according to God's power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus from generation to generation, now and always. Amen.